better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, welcome again, ladies and gentlemen. Friday's Captain's Run, uh, episode 20. We are joined on the couch by Satsy, Woody, uh, Bez is, uh, I don't know where he is. Maybe he's out to sea on his bloody street sweeper. Um, yeah. Welcome. Second Hello. weekend of the NRL. Welcome to myself. I'm pumped. I'm absolutely pumped. If Booby is out there, we wouldn't see him today. There's that much fog and sea fog. It's like yeah. the world's coming to an end this morning. Do you know why that, that fog's there? No. So the humidity on land versus the... the <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> the water, the water temperature. Yeah, just causes the the marine layer. It's a marine layer. Well, I got a question for you, as the resident scientist. Why does the water temperature change so much when the nor'easter blows? Upwellings. So the currents from a northerly bring yeah. up the cold water that's down the bottom. So the water, the, the wind so blows across the top of the water from the north, and it, it makes it. And the way the swell pushes, I guess it brings up the colder water from down the bottom. So from like deep. On the outside of um, of the coast, brings, gotcha. it in, brings it in cold, and then when you've got your southerlies and like southeast east wind, east swell, that keeps the water, uh, uh, you know, obviously way warmer. Relatively warmer. So we've had four days in a row of northerlies today, probably resembling somewhere around like bottom of Tasmania. Yeah, it's water, fresh. Water temperature. Yeah, great if you're on land working, you want to cool down in the afternoon, but if you're just getting up for a surf, you've you know, got to chuck your woolly G-banger on. <laughs> right, you your do. woolly G-banger. Well, uh, firstly, before we get into uh, Around the Grounds, uh, big ongoing uh, thank you to our sponsors, um, Yulee's Club Lennox, uh, Lennox Pizza and Pasta, Station Grocer, and um, for the Ross Clark Jones one, um, Lennox Beach Resort is going to uh, assist with some accommodation, which is fantastic when uh, Ross and Ella um, come up from Victoria. Uh, quick fire questions on those. Just, just one answer. What do you like about our sponsors, Yulee's? Sats, what do you like about Yulee's? Yulee's, I love their variety of beers. You What's can your favourite? Uh, I like the, well, I love the ball and all mid, but the, um, is it the the the, um, the blue one with the grey label? Uh, the Jed. No, not the Jed. Seabass. Seabass. Yeah, right. Love okay. the Seabass. Um, Lennox Peter and Pastor Woody. I oh, know you freak, oh, actually maybe in this eight weeks you're not down there as much. No, not as much, but I love every pizza there. Uh, I love the staff. I love seeing Mez. Sweating bullets in the back. And, uh, Do you have I, a favourite pizza? Yeah, I love the surf and turf. Surf and turf, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Um, Station Grocer. Condo, well, you tell us. What do you uh, like? <laughs> I just love the fact that there's nothing that you can't get. You can get everything. I always try and challenge them and go in, like if I think of something and go up to Joel or one of the staff that you know you, when Bruce used to be there and just say, mate, you don't have this. And then two weeks later it's there. So that's good. Um, what about... Uh, what, what do you love about Club Lennox under the new ownership? I like the, the little outdoor marquee area. Have a few beers out there on the grass, you know, Friday Arvo, go down, have a couple of beers, or Sunday going down there and watching the footy. It's, there's no place like it. That's if you can get a seat because Rove usually reserves all of the outdoor area on Friday Arvos. That's true. Well, I, I enjoy um, the, at the, the Club Lennox. I enjoy standing at the chocolate machine and the football machine for four hours. And spending, oh, with the kids. Yeah, and spending 50 grand. 
Love that. That's so good. Righto, uh, we're into the cricket. So um, we're going to have we're going to have another test match. So it's a fourth one. It's two one. Um, so there's lots up for grabs. Team selections. It looks like Cummings is staying in Australia, so he won't be there. Won't be there. Um, so you know, all the best to his mum. Hopefully, she is on the improve. Uh, I think for Australia, that's probably pretty good. Um, I'm not sure about captaincy, uh, the views on captaincy from you guys, but I think Steve Smith made a big difference, especially in the field last test, would he? It's a wonder, that, is it, what's, what's he doing different in regards to fielding placement? Wouldn't he just be in Cummings' ears in the first couple of tests anyway? You'd think, he seems more involved. He's just yeah. always... Or is he just constantly changing over to over? Probably yeah, more that's so. what I mean, more it's involved. A, it's yeah. more tinkering every over or even every ball. Well, that, that's what it appears to me. But when you listen to the experts, they just think Smith is all over it from a, from a you know, a bit like sort of Michael Clark, you know, like just always in the game, always looking for, okay, maybe we change this, maybe yeah, we move yeah. that guy a metre closer, a metre further out. But, um, but you think about that, right, the, the <coughs> dynamics in the team. If everyone knows that Smith's the man with those finite details of placements and who to bring on next and, you know, all of that stuff. But Cummins is making those decisions. It might create a little bit of, like, uncertainty or just... Uh, I, is it, I, is it, has he got the edge because he's probably the best batter in the last 10 years and he just knows, he knows, I guess he can get inside the, the way they're going to play a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of Cummings just bowling to them, he knows how he wants to bowl the ball. Set them up, yeah. Where Smith can kind of predict maybe a bit better where they're going to hit it if they bowl at a certain line and length. Or yeah, I just think his cricket knowledge in general is just second to none. Oh, I reckon, obviously I reckon a that's leader. probably the big thing. Yeah, yeah. ninety-five yeah. tests or whatever it is. Eh? He's nearly at a hundred tests. Yeah, and so, I think this is his thirty-eight for thirty-nine for his captain. So plenty of experience. It looks like they're going to run. Obviously, run with three test spinners. But mm. as uh, Steve Smith was quoted last night, the Indian curator there, they're preparing two pitches, um, and they're not nominating which one they're going to use. So they're playing ducks and drakes. Ducks, yeah, good, the good old Indians. But, but I, look, I like the fact now that we haven't even spoken about like the the, the talk in the teams now, not about the pitch. They've learnt. I yeah. think we're all they're all playing. Both teams are playing on the same wicket. Doesn't matter what it is. Let's just get out there and play cricket. And I'm glad Smith's the captain. I reckon we can come away to all. Yeah, well, um, that would be a bloody good result after so, not picking head in the first test and a few sort of bow pass on the selection issues. Do they retain it? The the trophy. If that, if it's India it's, already does. India won in Australia the other year. Remember? Yeah, okay. They've so retained it after. Retained they've it. already retained it. Yeah. Um, lucky we've got some really smart listeners out there that do the same reading that Condo does, because oh. they have reported in that Ruv and Pidge are incorrect about the uh, about the numbers of incorrect. Uh, Pigeon and Ruv are incorrect about something. That's what I said. Yep. So, th- so no. So, no, Matty, no, I- wait, wait, <laughs> okay. wait. Right. Okay. James Pearson and Keith Pickett are incorrect about something. Well, according to one of our listeners, Matty Amos, and he sent me the article that Condo read when I was in a deep sleep about two a.m. a couple of weeks ago about the numbers of tickets that have been set aside for President Modi. He actually, obviously, read the same article and he copied it and sent it through to me and said, Condo. Shout out, you were correct. So can you please, he said, I don't know, I don't know Roof and I don't know Pidge, but they're incorrect. I wonder if we could just get a recording for ne- on next Monday's podcast. Oh, an apology. No, just what their, what their facts are. Like, I just want to hear, because I know Pidge doesn't lie. Like, James Pearson has never lied. He always tells the truth and he doesn't make up anything at all, like at all. So I'd really like to hear his truthful response to that. 
And then Keith, 100% has honestly, and I'm being deadly, he has never lied in his life. So both of them to have an honest, just a reply to that and what, on what their facts are on that. Maybe, maybe we have the Roof and Pidge segment next week where they can call in. And I don't themselves. lie with Keith and James. Okay, <laughs> next week. Uh, on to the golf. So we've got the fifth major this weekend, the Players' Championship. Uh, big one down in uh, Pontevedra. Um, every player on the PGA Tour, if you're anyone, gets a start in this. So it's probably the strongest field apart from, obviously, the live defectors. Um, a bit disappointing because Cameron Smith won it last year. Um, he obviously doesn't get a start. But we have, uh, we've, got, we've got some good representation there in the Aussies. Um, we'll be excellent watching. Really difficult golf course. Uh, for me, I've just gone um, Jason Day. So this is Condos Multi cool, for the yes. first major. Ask you that. So I've gone Jason Day for top 20. He's yep. in good form. He started the year very well working with Chris Como. Swings back in order. Uh, Jordan Spieth's never won around there. I don't think he'll win, but I think he'll be top 10. He's in good form. So if you get on Jason Day and Jordan Spieth, top 10, uh, sorry, top 20, and then top 10 for Jordan, it's paying $11.58. Who's, the, who's your favourite to win it? Uh, I probably would say Max Homer. Homer. Wow. I yep. thought you were going to say John Ram. Yeah, Max Homer. Um, Cam Smith, but he's not playing. Anyway. Well, how, where do they go to from here? So let's just have a little conversation. PGA's come out. They're doing basically the exact same sort of um, events next season. yeah. Where do they? Where where are we seeing this? Hat? Like where are they going in the next five years? So the boys have all taken huge money. They've signed with this other thing. That's cool. They've made their bed. They've got to lay in it. Those contracts go for four to five years. Is that right? The four? Correct. Yep. Where do we see it when their contracts are up? Are they going to? Do you oh, feel? I'd like, like to think that you get some sort of resolution prior to that. But I think if you go and study any of the issues with uh, where you've had. Uh, like, you know, a challenging um, setup in opposition to the current sort of fold, all right, mm. what we had here with Super League. Usually the way it plays out, and I would think this would be no different, is the two, the two CEOs have to step aside. So Jay Monaghan, Greg Norman, go and sit in the naughty corner. And then you need two facilitators to come in, one on each side, that have no baggage and sort it out. And, yeah. and I think... I think ultimately what you'll end up with, um, listening to Paul Gow in the last couple of days, and he, you know, he's well-travelled, um, good golf commentator, knows his shit, played in the US. He said, ultimately, where I see it is that they'll come together and you'll have 20, effectively 20 elevated tournaments around the world. Exactly what Greg Norman's been fighting for since the early 90s, that it just doesn't stay uh, US-centric. Yeah. You know, back to sort of Gary Player, Jack Nicholas days where they played the Australian Open, they played the South African Open, they played the British Open and they played in the US. But do they amalgamate the tours or does it still I be would, PGA oh, and leave? Mate, could you see an amalgamated when you've had the Saudis tip in so much money? Well, I mean... It's, it's I, I wouldn't like... see an amalgamation. I'd say... I, I, would, I reckon you'd see a schedule where you had the ability for your top players to play in both. Almost like the cricket with the Indian Premier League type arrangement where you go and play for PGA, go and do your PGA tours, and then the top X come into a, a tournament. Probably. The, 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 to me, the big thing is that the off-season, the off-season for golf is there is the Northern Hemisphere winter generally, isn't it? Sort of December through January yes. is generally. Yes. December through Feb yeah. is generally yeah. sort of the downtime. If they limit and make their, their events you know, uh, for those higher rated, say, top 50 guys through summer. So they only do X amount of events around the majors 
And then that off-season, they can go to the Southern Hemisphere and play big events, like say three events from maybe one, one a month and, and up and get the... Woody, I reckon they're great ideas, but the biggest issue you've had even yeah. back into the 80s and 90s is Americans, your top Americans are so spoiled... They come out of the college system. They come onto the US tour and they don't travel. They don't want to. They just well, they don't. Well, they, I, they I kind think, of borderline don't even really travel much around America, eh? They only really play in Florida and well, they you know, the, the only time and, they travel is to go to the British Open. Yeah. So you know, I, I just don't think you'll get Americans that will sign on. Do for you that. think there's good? They're spoiled. Are they good enough to play in all conditions? Like their top guys are easily. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. I mean, but, Jordan Spieth's won everywhere. Yeah. Question you know, for you, blokes: What would you do? Like, if you were advising your your kids. Live PGA, you know, if, if the live tournament's good for the dough in terms of you're going to get paid, why wouldn't you sign with Well, with uh, I reckon Dustin Johnson sums it up best in, uh, in that doco. Um, just on that doco, it's, it's been downloaded 230 million times. That is a great doco. Yeah. Full so, swing you talk about. Yep, yeah. and, they're, and they're going to run it again next year, full swing. They're going to run uh, Match Point next year, the tennis one. So that's obviously great for providers like Stan and Netflix mm. and whatever, that there is a real niche there that people will watch. But to answer your question, I think what Dustin Johnson said, he said, like, you know, I'm mid-40s. He said, you just got to look at it this way. Like, uh, let's say, Sats, you get paid 100 grand. Yep. And a competitor comes in and offers you 20 times your best year's earnings. Yep. Or say 10 times. So so Dustin's best earning year is about 20 mil. Yep. And they reckon he's signed for about 185. So he there said, you go. He said, as if I'm like, not going to take it. What is driving the blokes to not take the dough? Like unless you're, a, say, a Tiger Woods where you, you can pin your hat on legacy, why would they not be signed? No, no. Well, let's, let, but let, let's be correct here. The, 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 the big name players that have stayed and mm. been patient, they're getting paid. Yeah, but are they getting paid under the table? So they're they're getting paid in all sorts of ways. So uh, the the social media presence, they had a hundred million dollar budget for the top ten players. Do you reckon Rory, JT, Spieth, those guys aren't picking up the lion's share of that? Of course they are. Yep. So that's effectively just a way that they can play that pay those players. Now these elevated tournaments, like last week, uh, one one of the elevated tournaments, they're pl- pay, they're playing for the same prize money as Live Now. Okay, they're, they're, so they're, the prize money's better. But that sign-on fee that you get, that upfront payment... That they're getting Smith it in got, other ways. They're it's it's other pretty... Ways. I find it... I don't know if Phil Mickelson will ever come out and cook him on it all, but mm. he's been pretty quiet for... No, he guy. did this morning. Did he? So he came out this morning and said, Jay Monaghan, you know, just basically front the press this week at the players, uh, players' tournament and tell the truth. I came to you with a $1 billion offer. I had yeah. sponsorship for $1 billion okay, for 10 tournaments, and you knocked it on the head and said, no, we don't need it. So if, if to the PGA, he approached the yeah. PGA with yeah. that. And yeah. how did Mickelson get that to the table? He knew oh, the blow ball. He was, oh, he's he's yeah. been trying for... He's been trying could, for as long as Greg Norman. For Has years he, to yeah. improve and, and make it more value for the top 20 he, or top His view 30. is that, is that uh, if you have a look at, say, your Bradys and your, and your big uh, mainstream athletes in the US, that their earning capacity in their sports... Golf has never been anywhere close, close to it for the big names. So if you take Tiger and Phil, who have been the big names for 30 years, yeah. their earning capacity um, has just not been in line with mainstream, a- mainstream yeah. athletes. Is Phil a bit of a shifty bugger? Like, has he got a bit of a checkered pass or is he, is he sweet? Oh, I think you can go and read some. Mate, yeah, you can go you, and read some. But, not, but you open the cupboard door on all of those fucking lunatics. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be... 
high society, gated community shit falling out of the window everywhere. <laughs> Righto. Well, that's enough on golf. Let's move on to the surfing. We've got the uh, the third top on the CT. Uh, sorry, third stop on the CT. Uh, this uh, yep. starts to – does it start tonight? Started last night. Last well, night. the waiting period started last night. Super 2 boss, Portugal. We place. haven't done the preview because Melling's been up in Yapoon fishing. Yeah. As you do. Place called Paniche. Um, it's a really sick beach break where they have it. Um, it's similar to Nazare, which is that big wave place where there's um, a big canyon right out uh, probably half a K off the beach or off the coast of Paniche. So it brings in uh, these just really deep water swells, similar to pipe where it, it goes from really deep to really shallow really quick. Um, yeah, it's, on, it's not on reef like pipe, it's on sand, um, but... When it's when it's doing its thing, it can be you know one of the best beach breaks on earth by far. So who who are your top couple of picks in in the females and the males? Uh, I mean, you obviously got to go with Molly, um, Molly, or I'd say Tyler. They're our inform Aussie girls. Yeah. Um, I, I I'd it's a bit of a toss up with. I reckon with, Tyler would do well there. Oh, for sure, she's good in that chunky yeah. sort of heavy water. Like, mm. there's a bit. It depends for the males. It can really flip around penning the wind. So if it's onshore and hard and you've got to manufacture stuff a bit and kind of commit to like big, heavy onshore beach breaks, it can, it can change. Because if you're, if you're not a, a strong surfer, you can maybe really struggle in regards to your power and how you approach those sort of waves. But, you know, the two heavy hitters, that the two sleeping giants, will, I'd imagine will come out to party, Gabby and, and John. They haven't had a result yet. Yeah, good point. I, I feel like it, there's there'll be a little bit of a shift. I listened to that. I, I, I recommended that podcast, um, John, with his brother. I don't know if yeah, you yep. listened to that. He was quite sick the night before his sunset heat that he lost. Mm. He was pretty drained. I think he was spewing all night and just ran out of gas. I'd say he's fully recovered. And 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 then Medina's results at Panisha's. I think ridiculous. He's, I think he's won it three times or twice. He's made the semis or the final a few other times. Any changes on your sort of uh, like world number one, uh, world title sort of predictions? Well, like we go to we go the, the next stop is Bells after Panish, and then Margaret's. Then Margaret's. Jack Robbo is looking good for all three next events. Is he? Yeah, I mean he he's probably the informed surfer in the world. I don't think Philippe is as informed as as Jack, but. I just think if it's big and it just there's two uh, two or three days in the waiting period at the moment that have good wind. Yeah, it just depends if they run them flat stick and run the comp. But if there's yeah, some right. windy days, big windy days like six solid six foot and windy, I I can't see anyone beating John. Yeah, okay. John it, will need to be John in the wind is John in the wind with Medina. Those yeah. two, the big boys, strong stance. Question, mate. What's the been the message to Connor? Your uh, your athlete over there. Have you just you not focus on the cut? Nah, not focus on the cut. Just focus on surfing well, getting on some waves. It was pretty um, obviously disappointed with how he went. It was a it was just one of those ones at sunset where he was kind of between the two peaks, and he just couldn't get any rhythm. Yeah, and it was just like half an hour clicking cool. your fingers. See that one he got the other day. The yeah, other yeah. Right, like he, so he went two weeks early. That's he just went. He come home, had a few days, probably. Five or six days, got his stuff yep. straight over there, and there was no one there. He was stoked. He, he said he's had some really good waves yes, with not many of the crew from the event there. So hopefully that'll give him a bit of confidence. When are they supposed to run? What's the forecast? It could run tonight, but it's got wind the next couple of days, and then yep. it goes to clean. So okay. I don't know if they run an onshore day to get 
round those one good, done. Yeah, get those good clean days for the for the remainder of the event. Yep. Righto. Well, uh, we'll move on to NRL. We'll dial Jared in and um, and Satsy. I think uh, once we get past the head knock issue, you can give us the updates on uh, on the uh, on the tipping comp. How's Gus Gould? Fuck. Did you hear his see his comments? Yeah, I listened to it. He's out of control. I mean, the, the, some of the points he made were kind of what we're chatting about on Monday, but they were pretty similar. But I don't know why he was going into the global warming shit. That was pretty weird. But like, even you hear like, um, I was listening to that James Graham and um, Brandon Smith podcast, and Brandon Smith was like, "I'm all for an independent doctor. I yeah. think it's fantastic. Like, yeah. the club doctor could be in the shed stitching up a player. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I just what what everyone was in agreement with on Monday with us was like, have one there. Have an independent doctor at each ground. Yeah. It's a billion dollar game, what Jared was saying. Like, what, what's a doctor cost? Starting to fall. Peachy! The Peachy dummy! Then Dykes! Now back for Peachy! Oh, look at Andrew Johns, ladies and gentlemen. Righto, so uh, we'll move on to the NRL and we'll welcome uh, Jared Condon from uh, Reading the Play back again, second week in a row. Uh, welcome, Jared. Big question, gentlemen, is how much more do you have on the best bet last week? Oh, <laughs> fuck, I just did it all then, man. I can't believe I didn't do, I didn't bet. Such an idiot. I didn't well, do much well last weekend, don't worry. It was a good learning well, curve. Are you going to follow Jared's tips this week? Are you going to? Fuck Yeah. <laughs> Right, Jared. Before we get on to your tips, let's uh, let's just uh, follow up on uh, you know having a bit of a chat about um, head knocks in the NRL and head knocks in sport. Um, there's been you know there's been a few commentators that have been sort of quite uh, quite open with their views. Satsy, you were blown away by uh, by Gus Gould's comments the other day. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, look, I, I think head knocks in the game is a it, it's it's going to be a topic forever. Um, I agree with Gus Gould in that when you go and play a contact sport, you can't turn around down the track and say, um, I, I, like, yeah. I'm in all sorts because I, I tackle it's your blokes. Like it's, yeah. I don't think that's the issue. The issue is we now know that we have a problem. We now know that blokes have been knocked out. I think on the weekend there was, correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, eight blokes couldn't go back out after a HIA assessment. So you, you're getting multiple yeah. people each week. The problem becomes... When you put it in the hands of the clubs and non-independent people, they have a vested interest in their player returning to the field. Well, I so think I, that's where Beric, you know, that's where Beric was heading with his comments. Yeah. He's, he's seen it. Now, Gus Gould is obviously of the opinion that the independent doctor is ridiculous. Uh, he doesn't think it's warranted. Um, he thinks that the, the litigation issue is not an issue. Um, and talking to Beric this morning while we were training, like, if you're a club doctor, if your club doctor is responsible for your safety, Woody, you come off after a head knock, come into the sheds, he's in there, you know, stitching up Condo's head or he's assessing my dislocated shoulder and you come in, he's got other things on his, his mind. He's, you're saying, I'm sweet, I'm good. He hasn't seen the collision. You know, if you put it in the hands of the individuals and the clubs, I just don't think that's a, that's a way of maintaining a level of safety. Um, if a person is on the ground and they know that a sign or a symptom of a head knock is, you know, you stumble after a tackle or you're on the ground for more than 10 seconds and then he ends up back out there, that's when you've got issues. I think an independent doctor at the ground takes away any of the um, 
uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like any of the the grey the, area. The area, and I suppose the the club going right. Let's just get him back out there. What are your thoughts, Jared? Well, I think there's a couple of points, guys. Firstly, Eric made a point right now on Monday about the pressure that goes back on any club doctor within a club. And if if we want to take a reference, let's just go back to the doping scandal at the Sharks many years ago and, and look at the transcripts and the evidence that was given about the pressure that was put on or the stuff that was... Uh, uh, involved with their own club doctor, right? Secondly, we all acknowledge that this is a massive issue. And I mean, you know, we've all been around footy and head knocks and alike. And, you know, I spent four years in, inside the first grade sheds at Norse where, you know, you saw guys that had suffered a head knock in a game. And we only see it in A, a grade or under 17s or under 12s. I mean, the the... the NRL are on the right path. I would like to see an independent doctor at the ground. Outside of that, I think everything that's been done and ruled is correct, and we have to be incredibly firm and strong on this. Do you think? Um, do you think the NRL are a little bit slow on the stand down? Like other sports, like you know, you see rugby, AFL, they they seem to be ahead of the game on that. Where the mandatory well, well, stand down? I, I, I do. I don't think uh, five to seven days is enough. Uh, AFL now have a 12-day stand-down policy. Um, you know, in, in the US now, we're seeing it uh, turn into weeks. Um, well, Steve, you and I had this conversation when we were, you know, playing at a, a senior level uh, in our schoolboy years, but, you know, very high-quality level. If, if we got knocked out, it was four weeks. Yeah. You know, our, our local doctor ruled four weeks. I mean, it cost me a premiership. You know, but... but you know, hopefully my head's a little bit smarter for the fact these days. I mean, that's it I'm not should sure it be. <laughs> any, any of the medical advice will tell you that it needs a period of weeks to at least settle down and then have a reassessment. So, Sats, you're a, you're a parent of uh, of young kids that are starting to get into that sort of collision um, sport at you know slightly younger than ten. But do you reckon it might move to a bit like UFC, where you have to sign waivers? And would you, as a parent? I mean, it's a million-dollar question. Um, I think about my own, you know, playing career and what rugby um, and rugby league has given me, and my friendships, and you know, my my outlook on life, and all those sorts of things. But you know, conversely, um, if I think about some of my own times, like I, I remember having days where you'd get sort of, I'd have these deja vu moments, like you'd get like a little micro knockout. I remember hearing on a podcast once. I just assumed that was just just you know, normal. normal. And then I heard, I think it was Matty John said he got it, and that's actually a form of a knockout. Like, I, I reckon I've had, I can't tell you how many of those moments I've had over the years. Has it affected me? Possibly. Uh, will it affect me more? Possibly. Do I want that for my, my kids? I, I, I don't know. I think that the game, uh, we just have to keep refining it and, and, and listening to the experts. And then when you have blokes like Gus Gould come out and just so arrogantly and you know, in a misguided way say it's all fine there's nothing we can do there is things we can do there is things like stand down policy and there is things like um you know looking at tackle technique and those sorts of things i reckon the weekend is a classic example where you had um you had rapana from the cowboys and you had wade graham okay yep. where they went high yep and then you had felice kafusi who quite obviously i mean in previous years at the storm he would pro his tackle technique definitely yep. he spent some time on the sideline but if you have a look at, I think you could pull out four or five hits of Felice's yeah. that were effective, 
but have a look at the target zone. And that's where coaching's got to get back to. Well, that's that's right. And that's the the, the round the legs tackle that we were taught, we were younger, that you would have taught yep. Condo, is is not a good tackle anymore because you don't win the ruck. You wrap, you wrap a bloke around the legs, he lands on his guts, quick play the ball and he's away. Now you're taught to aim for the ball and wrap the ball up. So you yep. get about three inches of target zone. And if then you go if you too bounce high, up and, yep. you hit the head. If you go too low, you know, you collect an elbow or you're under the ball. So it's changed that way and then you look at it and you go okay well is it is it the responsibility of the coaches of the game how do we slow that down how do we change that um you know are knockouts happening more because it's a quicker game a knockouts happening more in rugby league because it's a it's a bigger uh play like it's a it's, you know from the 10 meters back to the for the i the think we've got attacking. to do the full free, full 360 on technique and how it's coached and if yeah. you if you have yeah. if you have a look at felice on the weekend's classic example like you yeah. know you don't have to wrap the ball up if you're hitting like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Wade Graham. That, oh, sorry, Jerry. I was just other, gonna, the, you go, mate. You go. The other thing I, I, I think the game has just got to be far stronger on is if a guy has a shoulder charge that hits the head and causes uh, a, a knockout and concussion, or if it's a high a swing, uh, if there's any poor technique in that hit, He's got to go for a long period of time. Two or three weeks is not a deterrent mm. to stamp this out. Yeah. And if we do, then we'll see the coaches change and the players change technique. Well, you look at Wade Graham last night. What did he get? Did he get four weeks? He got four weeks. He was reckless. It was it was deemed reckless. He jumped off the ground. He he he, he attacked the head. He's a great like by all accounts a great bloke. He he said he's changed his tackle technique over the years because he was tackling low. And he was coughing stray knees and hips and elbows. Um, and it's obviously coached for him to, to go for the ball. And he just got it wrong. But it's deemed as reckless. So, yeah, you're right, mate. I think the only way to deter these blokes from doing it is just increase the penalties. Yeah, um, and I think the other thing that they're going to look at ASAP is the stand-down period. The stand-down period. Yeah. To the point last week, can't we, why can't we get a, a, the independent doctors at the ground? Is that going to change anything? If, if the independent doctor is there versus in a bunker... Is it going to change anything? I mean, well, with the think, amount of angles and TVs and, you know, you can slow it down. Like they reckon that Lodge got taken off the other day after his head had knocked yeah. by the independent doctor. They reckon he had a golf ball-sized compression in his face, like a dimple, like a indent. So there, there's a classic example of it working from afar. Yeah. But, don't know. But I just think, look, my, my, my main point is when you've got blokes like Gus Gould who are really influential coming out and saying there's no issues here, there's nothing to see, it's all bullshit, you know, I just think that's crazy. And the thing will be, if you take litigation out of it down the track, it'll be people like me and Woody, uh, Barnsley, people with younger kids are going, you know what, I'm just, uh, it's just too dangerous. I'm not we'll going to let him play. play. Sport, we'll go yeah. and play hockey oh, or yeah. and surfing or whatever. And then that'll be the issue. Yeah. And that's been happening for 10 years. That's yeah, already... We've got a perfect... Perfect example this weekend, guys, about whether Radley plays for the Roosters or not. Now, the mail appears to be that he won't. But they're going through the supposed protocols in the last couple of days about whether he may or may not play this weekend because there is enough days within the current protocol of the game that, they that if could, he was yeah. cleared by the doctor that he could play. Now, you, you don't have to be blind to have seen the impact of his head knock last weekend and know he's had a history through the last uh, 12 to 18 months of some very poor hits um, that have knocked him around. And then look at Kiri's uh, comments through the week, mm. which were 1,000% accurate. Really good. This, this should not even be a question this week. The guy should have an automatic two-week stand-down or two-game stand-down while he's reassessed. 
it needs to be taken out of their players' hands. Hundred percent, and that's what the smart, the smarter players like Kiri are saying. So let's uh, let's move on to uh, a bit of an update on the tipping comp before we get into Jared's uh, Jared's tipping this week. Satsy, can you run us through it? Well, we have uh, this week. We've got our total tipsters in of one hundred and twenty-eight. Yep. Leading the way, we have a Juzzy twenty-one leading the way. I don't know who Juzzy twenty-one is, but he's shot out to ten. It's Justin Hodges. Justin, <laughs> Justin yep, Hodges. A uh, couple of blokes on 10. Uh, Palacina on eight points, shot ahead. These blokes have used their joke around All early, those guys. very early, which, you know, could could uh, could work w- in their favour. All the way down to Ronnie Blakey in uh, 128th position on one. So this week we have 28 left in the knockout round. 28 out 28. of 128. Yep. So those people are in line to win condo. What are we? Oh, what are we? What are we giving for the? I'm for the still. Of I'm that? still collecting all the items. So we'll have. We'll have info as we get down to um, closer to the winner. I don't quite have it yet. And they, they'll be good prizes. They'll be good prizes. Um, the twenty dollars is owed this week. Is that right? I saw your um, Instagram uh, yeah, post the other day. Yeah, the money's dribbling in. But money's if people, in. yeah, it's it's we're about halfway there. But if people can step that up and uh, and get money into our account. Yep. And this week there is. Just a couple of 50-50 calls. So I'm waiting for Jared's, Jared's tips. Uh, tips. And Righto. Woody, can you and please, I know, know Woody's been, yeah, been very, very quiet. So <laughs> let's go into the previews of uh, what you judge as the three better games, Jared. Where would you like to start? Yeah, not straightforward. And I will say to listeners that, you know, through the first uh, three to four weeks, the underdogs do perform very well. We saw two very big upsets last weekend, not only at the line, but in uh, uh, the wins. Uh, and so, yes, uh, let's start with tonight. I think the Panthers are having a great matchup here. Um, Panthers look a little bit rusty. We mentioned over the last 10 days, 20 players coming back from the World Cup. I thought uh, their defence has been as tight as it normally is, but they do lose Sorensen. I think that's a key out for them, especially off the bench. He's, a, in my opinion, a starting quality player. Um, brings them back a little bit in my ratings. Their yardage and forward uh, go forward work and stats over uh, their St Helens game and then last week was very good. But they had 46 shots in the red zone last week yet only came up with 12 points. So the attack's a little bit rusty. I think we'll see another very tight game here. Rabbits come out of a strong form game, started strongly last week. Got two forward outs here this week, but I did like the form of Ilias. But their record at Penrith's very poor. Lost nine of their last ten when playing against Penrith. The oh. record at Penrith Park's also very poor. But I did think the market went up a little bit wide. Uh, plus five and a half, then plus four and a half. Still at that market. I think Penrith probably win, but I do want to take the start because I think it's a close game. Okay, second mm. game, uh, Eels v the Sharks. thought the market looked uh, opposite to where I am here. I've said long term I'm against uh, Parramatta uh, making the top six. I think they're a high risk of missing the eight. I thought last week they had their chance against the Storm side that had nine outs, yet got beat at home, still without three key forwards in Lane, Matheson and Brown. I thought through the middle they were exposed by both sides of the ball last week. The yardage against them through the midfield, especially when their rotation starters were, was very poor. I thought they also... Um, uh, were poor at getting yardage and absolutely trampled by the storm in the yardage stats, yet the storm had nine outs. I thought that was a very poor sign. Um, back at home, they get a seven-day turnaround. 
that should be to their advantage. But they get the Sharks here come off, I think, a quality game. I think some of the things that they did poorly last week, including their errors, are things that Fitzy will get right this week. Still without uh, Hines. But I mark the Sharks um, small favourites here. The market has them five and a half. So I'm anywhere between six to seven points different to the market. Uh, I like the Sharks. I thought they were the better player of the week at plus five and a half. Yeah, okay. I like that one. Mm. Um, and what's your third game? Are you going to go, are we going to highlight Roosters Warriors? We are. And gentlemen, this one has an ambush written all over it and could be round two and one of the bigger upsets already in the season. I give the Warriors an absolute huge chance here. Well, I just don't understand that the markets went up 14 and a half a couple of days ago about the Roosters. Um, yet all of their, their key outs, it's up to 10 outs for them. And in addition to last week, which includes Crichton and Watson, um, Wirra Hargraves is still to return, Tupanua, uh, both, uh, uh, Billy Smith is out, Brandon Smith in doubt. Now they have Radley in doubt and they lose Lodge. That, that punches a massive hole in both their forward lineup and their depth off the, uh, their bench. Um, we saw them fade terribly in the second half last week against the, the Dolphins, got trampled through the middle. Uh, they, and they just didn't have the energy, the experience or the quality as their rotation started and really fell away. Against the Warriors, you know, I'm just not sure how strong that game is against the Knights, but they did come up with a win. They have a very fit list with no major key outs. Their record in Sydney is horrible, but they get their chance in game two. Uh, I think that you know, Roosters might just squeak home for a win, but, gee, I'm all over the upset. The Warriors have been very heavily backed uh, over the last couple of days. The line's gone from 14.5 to 12.5. Uh, At the line, they were 4.75 this time yesterday. They're now 3.80. I think it gets closer by game time, maybe just tipping the Roosters the win, but I have had some nice bets around the Warriors at the head-to-head and the plus 14.5. Yeah, okay. Mm. That's a bit of a surprise. Um, and uh, run us through, I know Woody's listening intently here, run us through the tips for the round. Okay, get that pen out, Woody. Let's go. The Panthers, the Sharks, the Cowboys, the Roosters, just the Raiders, the Storm, the Tigers and the Titans in the last game of the week. Did you say uh, you're going to go Raiders over the, um, over, over the, the Dolphins, Dolphins at home? Yeah, I am. And Steve, we might each week have a little spot where we talk about the major market moves and what I call the pros and the joes. So where's the big money been? And I have a conversation every Thursday with uh, Tristan Merlihan at Top Sport about uh, his big holds or big moves on the markets. And, you know, I've mentioned the Roosters Warriors. Certainly that's been one. Now, the other one is just Dolphins Raiders game. That line was seven and a half. It's now four and a half. Uh, we have what we call a look-ahead line. So if you go back to last Saturday or Sunday, the early markets, which is the look-ahead position, before the game was played between the Dolphins and the Roosters, the Dolphins were plus 12 and a half. Well, they're now in the plus four and a half. That's been a very Gee, big go. Okay. And I have to say, Kristen said in the last 24 hours, that's the biggest holding hazard of the week and the biggest move. I'm, I'm very surprised at that. I do find the Dolphins a bit tricky to rate at the moment, but... I had the Raiders at minus six and a half. I think at uh, the market position now, I still want to be with the Raiders. And then the last one is the last game of the week, the Dragons-Titans. Uh, the Dragons opened the week at minus three and a half favourites, which I, I was completely opposite to. It was well known the outs that they had in Ramsey, Bird, DeBellin and Amone. Even though Amone's been clear, he'll play New South Wales Cup this week. So that's four key outs. 
I'm not sure where the Dragons' points come from. The market's been all over this all week. The Dragons have gone from minus three and a half to now plus one and a half. Four-point move on the line is very big. Um, some doubt about whether Forum plays. I don't know that the Titans will need him. I think they'll rest him. I think the Titans win, but that's certainly been a key market move as well. So that's the first one you'll be incorrect about on the weekend, Jared. Dragons will win that one. Um, okay, you'll so inst- we have the phone off uh, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I Jared, think I will. Jared, I like all your tips. Question for me: Broncos, Cowboys. You've gone the Cowboys, mate. Uh, oh, you don't like Bronx at home. I do. Listen, I only had half a point between them. I had a small lead to the Cowboys, maybe a slightly stronger form line off uh, the end of last year. But those two, you know, they had some cracking clashes, especially at Suncorp. I will say I think there's points in the game. Um, the last seven times that these two have played at Suncorp, uh, there have been big scores of uh, mid-40s mid to high 50s. So I think we'll see an attacking shootout. Very hard to split. I just went with the Cowboys. Right, beautiful. So in summary, the best bets are Sharks and Warriors. So Sharks at the plus five and a half is the best bet of the week. Uh, all over the Warriors at the plus uh, four and a half. It's now plus 12 and a half. I tell you, if you wanted to have 100 bucks on that Warriors game, would he have 30 bucks on the Warriors to win and 70 bucks on the Warriors to cover the line at 12 and a half? And then Sunday afternoon, just go and put your ticket through and collect and take the family out for Chinese. <laughs> Righto, we'll see, if we'll, we'll see what Woody does. We'll be finding out uh, Sunday evening because he's very secretive about his bets. Thanks again, Jared. We'll, uh, we'll uh, look forward to a really good wrap-up on Monday morning. Go to footy, gentlemen. Cheers, Jared. Okay. Well, there you go, Woody. What are you, uh, are you, have you been on your sports bet account? Are you ready yeah, to yeah. go? Or what? I'm bet on about 30 sports. Do you want to have a bet, a wager on Tigers nights? Oh. Yeah, I'll go you yeah, coffee. Coffee? Righto. I'm not that Just confident. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I'm not that. Yeah, I'll go you coffee. Righto. Okay. Righto. So Jacko Hastings returns to Clamour. Leichhardt. Clemmer versus his old club. Is Bateman playing? No. Bateman's out. What's the story there? I think Has he turned up from the UK injured? Apparently he's got an ankle injury and they're calling it... Climatisation. Then he was crook. And oh. anyway, just come out and say he's got an ankle injury. He's signed for four years. Four years. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, him and Jacko Hastings hated each other. They're at the same club over in the UK. Well, ba- Bateman said he's not coming if Hastings was there, apparently. Yeah. So that would have been a good, yeah, that would have, would have been good if they were uh, against each other. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, let's just move on to um, have a quick chat about how sport is being viewed. Some really interesting stats that. Have, uh, have come out during the week. Um, it's all about streaming. Like, if you have a look at that first weekend of the NRL, so when KO came into Australia and Satsi, you talked us through all your subscriptions about three or four weeks ago, you've got every subscription known to man. But um, uh, streaming was expected to be about 25% of the market. The numbers out of, uh, out of the last sort of six to 12 months and being highlighted in a big way on the weekend with uh, with ratings through the roof uh, for the NRL is that streaming has now moved to 75% of the market, yeah, um, which is wow. really interesting. People just aren't turning on Channel 9. I just think KO is a better product. Yeah, I just exactly. reckon Fox and KO, it's a, it's a, the Fox stuff is, is a better product. I feel like, I don't know how they do it, but if they, if they could somehow, if Fox League could somehow get Andrew Johns yeah. and, that, and he went there, Yep. You would you would almost say Channel 9 dead. Yeah. He's the only good commentator there. Yep. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. You, you know all this oh, I'm stuff. Sure, I'm sure you? Foxtel would have tried to get him at well, some stage, wouldn't I was just going to ask you, you know, you, like you're the man with this stuff. How come his brother's over there working for the, the Fox Crawley, stuff the and, and Andrew stayed with nine? Oh, I would imagine that it's you, 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 you're looking at two really big ticket items. <laughs> so how many can you fit in? I mean, have yeah. a look at that Foxtel uh, NRL coverage. Like there's, they've got a lot, there's a of, lot stuff. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot of I stuff. I just feel like if he was – like you could get – Joey Johns to do all the Saturday games, and then you've got Matty doing his show. Well, see, Matty doesn't commentate really until it gets to finals on any games. Like I, I don't yeah. know if I don't know if Joey would be into it, but like Joey and Paul Kent on NRL three hundred and sixty would be That'd pretty. Be pretty cool. sick. It'd be pretty Actually, cool. Woody, you're onto it. That would it'd be, be pretty excellent. cool to see if it worked. I don't know. It, you know, maybe Joey gets the shits and fights him or something like that. But well, it's obviously a bargain. You're debating. Kenny's obviously an amazing journalist. Done it forever. Yeah. But Joey just says how it is. Yeah. Like he just be like, "No, you're fucking tripping." Like that's yeah. not. Well, right. he just reads the game so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That'd be cool. I, but you know, if that was to happen, that's why he probably gets paid so well from Channel Nine. They understand. Like if Joey goes, our team's dog shit. You're listening to Gus and Gallon fight each other. Like and Jonathan first and laugh. But, but the other thing too with Ko, like you can you could be laying in bed putting the kids to sleep, Woody, and watching the footy. Like I, you know, I'll put the kids to sleep on a Friday night. And have the phone, <laughs> yeah. Have my phone stream versus having to sit up the top and watch. Yeah, but you can Channel also 9. then just flick you it onto the surfing. big screen. You, 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 exactly, yeah. you can tether it or whatever the, the, to the telly. Yeah, like it's, 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 I think the streaming thing is really interesting because I noticed just catching up with friends, especially in New York, Americans seem to have. And I mean, I know New York, New York is a big market, but they don't have free to air TV. They just go and sign up with a streaming. Uh, provider, and that might have uh, overlap of you know some Foxtel, some CW, some CNBC, some NBC, whatever. Mm. Um, so they're not uh, they're not watching like Channel Seven, Channel Nine, Channel Ten News, and they just tick 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 on what they want to stream. Yeah, you know Disney, Netflix, Stan, whatever, like we would here, and then off they go. Does it then do anything for the next? Contract that say nine are going to sign. It, it will have to. It have will to. have to. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. It? They just be, Fox will Look have at the numbers. Fox will have all the power, and because now you can get it on your phone, you don't need to have this cable guy come and hook it up. Yep. They just yeah, like it's the, easy. The, the turn it on, turn it off. Yeah, yeah. the statistics of buying the app. Yeah. Well, and I've I think got, I think uh, that's why I highlighted that uh, full swing, uh, the numbers on that because it's only been out for what two weeks mm. or three weeks. Two hundred and thirty million downloads. Yeah. Like, that's just crazy. So you can imagine if they like imagine if they did a season well, of the, the NRL. One. That's sick. That's that first one's one really so good, isn't it? Good. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the best docos I've seen. It was so insightful. Won't that well, joint be pumping on Sunday? That's the first well, main home game. I, I was gonna I go, but it's at the Dolphins yeah, ground a, and it's sold out. Well, yeah. there's the um there's the next thing for any professional sporting club in Australia is how clever your social media yes. slash YouTube guy is. It's yep. got to be good. Yep. Like if you've got a clever young guy that's really good at getting all the behind-the-scenes content yep. and can upload a 10 to 15-minute clip. For sure. I watch a lot of it. I reckon the standout so far is a storm when Pe- it comes Penrith to NRL. Got, Penrith have got a really yeah, good Penrith one. Penrith are good, yep. yeah. They've Penrith been doing good. it for a while. Yep, so, are good. But well, that's where you can – I feel like you can draw a lot of income for your club yep. if you've got some funny dudes – Get a behind-the-scenes feel and how they prepare for their game. Well, it drives membership. So, Fuck yeah. And, the, yeah. and the NRL are going to have to think of ways of, of doing that because, to your point, Condo, if, if you know NRL come to the table – sorry, if nine come to the table next contract and say, look, numbers are down, we've got X amount of people watching this, instead of paying you a billion dollars or whatever the contract's worth, we'll now pay you X. 
the NRL suffer big time, I, I, and they've got to look for other ways. Yeah, to but I reckon they've income. got it. But I reckon they've got to get smarter, like these providers, like Netflix and Stan and whatever. Like, if I was Channel Nine and I was head of sport, I'd be doing these docos behind the scenes. Yeah, well, like, you, you can see the appetite. Like you, like they haven't N- had N- to. NRL, had yeah, to. correct? NRL and AFL in Australia are our, are our two big, biggest winter sports. Ima- imagine if you had the equivalent of a you know match point or full swing. Chronicle, you know, just doing the whole season from start to finish, like preset. Like, yep. we'd all sit down and watch it probably well, four they or five did. times. They had the Tigers, it was fucked. No, no, yeah. on the whole, the, not, not on a shit club. I mean, yeah. on the whole the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh. like, like, like they did with the um, with Full Swing, where you, yeah, yeah. you're sitting down, you're interviewing the main players. You know, you've got a segment on Pappenhausen going to the US. You've got a segment on, you know, on Kiri's head knocks and behind the scenes yeah. talking to his wife and yeah, yeah. trials and tribulations. You've got a segment on Nick Politis negotiating, signing every half decent player in the world well you look like, at the, you look at the dolphins one they take you into the into really the good. room when they're negotiating yeah. with milford yeah like they're talking about it, it's i love wayne a, bennett's comment oh. to uh to the bromwiches boys you've achieved everything in melbourne down in melbourne like it's time to uh it's time to come and look at a new challenge it's actually given me a new perspective on wayne oh, i just sure. think that he is a he's a maestro and he said, you can't build a club on young blokes. You need a few of these older fellas. I love it when he's sitting down with the recruitment manager. Is it Peter O'Sullivan? Um, and they're talking about players they might get. And he, he, yeah, I think he mentions one of the Bromwich brothers. And um, Bennett goes, yeah, now we're talking. I, I like you now, Peter. This is going somewhere. Because he just realises that you get a few of those old war horses. And, you can, and look what Felice Cafusi did on the weekend. Basically lifted that yeah. team to a... To a win. But you look at, like, if, you, if you're a clever club and your CEO is pretty current and onto it, yeah. if you spend the money and give out free content, what will come back if you're ahead of the curve with YouTube, Facebook, and, you're, and the kids that are fans of your club are watching these cool 10, 12-minute clips monthly, let's yeah. say, or 15-minute clips monthly of an insight into all your players, you will have... 10 times the amount of fans moving forward and probably, and, and probably yeah. more sponsors. And yeah. Move, moving to the AFL model where you're really driving membership. Oh, yeah. I, just, I don't even think any of the AFL clubs are that onto that yet. They're, they're not onto that, but I mean where their revenue, like the big clubs, where they really derive their serious revenue is from membership. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, you're, like, you're Collingwoods, Essendon's, yeah, Richmond. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Right, uh, let's move on to, uh, we haven't had the segment for a while, um, but it was well received last time, Satsy's Quickfire. So uh, I think you've got one or two questions for uh, today's panel, which is obviously just Woody and I. Um, BB's not here, so um, i got no idea what you're going to ask. Well, we didn't is, have any idea last time. This is off the cuff, and I, I must admit I got a bit um, off kilter last time with, with my question. So just slightly. Uh, just slightly. <laughs> so, apologies in advance. But um, no, question, I, I, uh, for, it's, it's four to six foot at the point. Day of Days. Yeah. It's um, Lee Bar final. Yeah. It's yourself and Melling. Yeah. Who wins? Two-man uh, final. Two-man final. And we get, do we get priority? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the QS equivalent. So, yes, yeah, there's priority. priority. Yeah. yeah, I win. You win? Yeah. Why? Just at the moment, I'm surfing. But <laughs> 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 he doesn't surf. Just uh, how would you do it? What would you do? Just 30 just, seconds. I'd just smash them. Just smash him. Just smash him. I'd get the first good wave and he'd just ha- – I know what he's like. He'd wait and wait for a miracle Would you heckle? Wave. Fuck yeah. I'd just constantly get whoever is commentating to yell out the score. Wave the score. 9-2, <laughs> 9-2-3. Nine, two, nine, two, <laughs> That's no, so I, good. No, I'd, 
I, it just depends. If there's a lot of waves, you know, I'd throw the kitchen sink at him, but I don't know if I'd, don't know if I'd get the win. Okay. Hopefully, he'd f- he's pretty chalky. Hopefully, he'd just you're surfing good at the moment. I reckon you're surfing the best you've ever surfed. You're getting better I'm doing with age. Ste- I'm doing steroids. <laughs> 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 Kelly Slater, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan. Who's the the goat? Jeez, that's Far a good out. one. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. You'd have to. It's hard to put. I, I feel like Tiger. It's hard for T- Tiger because he had such a long gap. He he kind of dropped off a bit, and obviously through injury and stuff. I mean, Ke- Kelly has hasn't had a world title since 2011, so it's nearly 15 years since he won a, a world title. You'd have. It, it's hard not to go to either Jordan or um, Brady, Brady because they basically won and retired. Jordan came back for a few years after he retired the second time to play for Washington. But he, you know, obviously didn't go anywhere. It's hard to not go past Brady. But I'd even throw in Rafa or um, Federer. I'd, oh, I'd probably, okay. th- I'd probably throw Rafa in there just purely. He's or Djokovic. Those two are still going. Right. So who's who is it? I think it's Ra- it's Rafa or it's. Jo- so he's gone outside. Oh, he's gone outside. Just purely because it's more of a well game, like. NFL, obviously, and Love NBA. Love the way you think, Woody. Love the way you think. They play inside. But I don't know. Brady was mm. 45 when he won his last Super Bowl. It's, I don't crazy. know. It's crazy. A real, it's a really, it's a, it's a crazy one. To, and even you could, the other one that no one even really talks about is Lewis Hamilton for F1. Like yeah. seven world titles, same as Schumacher. And, he's, and he won his first one in 2007 or eight, I think. I don't know. Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt, three Olympic hundred meter gold medals in a row: Beijing, London, and Rio. Crazy. Michael Phelps. Hey, quick one, Woody. You've got three months to prepare. Would yeah. you rather surf like as big as Jaws gets, as the biggest biggest day, or play on the wing for New South Wales in the state of Oregon. Oh, 100% <laughs> play on the wing for New South Wales. Really? Yeah, I might break my neck, but I'm not going to drown. I would love. <laughs> Imagine, bro. James Dorto. Is it, is it uh, like I'm doing a run back and, I'm, and I'm, oh. I'm doing a kick return, not a run back. I'm doing a kick return. Off the kick. Off the kick. And there's fucking, who's the guy for the Titans? The guy who's. Tino. For some yeah, are we? For, for Sasasa. Just run into him. I would love just a forearm. Oh, that is such a good question, Sats. Yeah. yeah I, so you'd rather you'd I've rather got, I'd rather not origin. drown. I, 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 I've got visions of him running the ball back. Would you wear a headgear? Fuck yeah, I'd wear two. <laughs> I'd run back in motor like motocross gear. You know the you know the um, horses where you you run with the pole like all the army. You know that one where jousting or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's so oh, good. Right, right, okay. Condo. When you were coaching. Yes. Wayne Bennett's rules were um, never be late. Yep. And stay out of jail. Yep. What were your, what was your rule? Number one rule. Oh, I think, I think, uh, I think as a coach, number one is uh, well, sorry, the couple that I would probably always fall back to is honesty, transparency, work ethic, and much, much prefer to look at a kid that has, I don't know, let's say a skill set of six out of ten. But he's there every week. He puts in. He's got a really good work ethic, um, and he always he always gives his best. I think the most satisfying things in any sport, uh, standing on the sideline or coaching, is um, is seeing kids that have less ability but just won't give up. So 
Love it. What's a what's a would you rather for Condo? Would you rather? There you go. Would you rather play NRL for a club or Wallabies? Nah, NRL. Every NRL. Yeah. Why? Oh, I just followed it longer. Yeah. And I just think it's got a. It's just a. Would a, you play th- for the Drags? Oh, I don't think it'd matter, would it? A hundred percent, I'd play for the Red V. Who would you? Who would you? Who would you play for if you could? If you could play for any NRL team, no, under any coach, yeah, you'd just go Dragons. Dragons. No, I'd go back to two thousand and ten, and Wayne. So I'll, I'll take the Woody option. That Wayne just goes, Condo, you, you've got one game, and I could play under Wayne Bennett. That'd be. It'd be pretty. Sick, that'd be the Holy Grail for me. Apart from, apart from probably playing a practice round around Augusta with Cam Smith. What would you? What position would you be? You're a handy um, half five eight back in the day, weren't you? What would you play under Wayne? Oh fuck! I don't think we have to worry about that. Sats. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Okay, we'll be back on Monday. <laughs> Giddy up. Yeah. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>